Right, good afternoon and welcome to the APW podcast about nothing particular, particularly exciting at all. Uh, this week though we are going to be talking about alternative investment types where you may want to consider putting your hard-earned cash as opposed to buying property. And this week we're going to be talking about something that the fear of is known as timbrophobia. Oh, that's a good one. Timbrophobia. You may want to use this to avoid peniophobia. Okay, can we take a guess at what those are? Well, despite what it sounds like, peniophobia is the fear of being poor. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good one. Thank you. And timbophobia is the fear of stamps, postage stamps. Ah. So this week we're talking about stamp collecting as a way of making money. Now, you may think that is philately. See, that's what I was going to say. A a philatelist is a stamp collector. No. A philatelist is a study of someone who studies stamps. And they may or may not collect the stamps as well. They go into two parts, and it's a bit like investing in property. There's those who are buying with their head or those who are buying with their heart. And the philatelist is someone who is a heart person who buys them because they like them. For the love of stamps. Whereas an investor is someone who goes out to make money. And can you buy stamps to make money? I know I was doing a bit of reading this morning and there are some famous cases of stamps making people a lot of money. But generally speaking, you know, is it something you would recommend? Well, you must be aware that it's a completely unregulated environment. So you're not covered by the FCA or any other person. So it is very much out there amongst some of the weirder things you can buy. So being careful, doing your research and making sure you're dealing with a a honest and truthful professional when buying them is important. But yes, there are a number of ways of doing it. Um, I mean, before getting into how to make it, you've got to work out how it has performed in the past before buying it. As you know, past performance, though, is no future guide. How would you think you can do that? Research. Yes, thank you for that. Okay. (coughs) Just like in stocks and shares, you have the FTSE and you have the Halifax Index in the UK for property. In stamps, you have something called the GB250. How interesting. And the GB250 is basically an indices of the top 250 British stamps by investment standard. And they look at how those... Excuse me, look at how those are performing at any one time. And over the last 10 years, I'd like you to hazard a guess and tell me what the non-compounded annual rate of return for the GB250 has been. Mm. No idea, but again, based on the stamps I was looking at earlier, I think they've gone from, one stamp in particular has gone from £17 in 1993 to £300 in 2015, to 600 now in 2020, so um, whatever that is, but quite a large return, I would say. Okay, the actual figure is for the last 10 years, the GB250 has returned 133.5%. Wow, that's pretty good, yeah. comparatively. Do you know the first stamp that was ever issued, what it was? 
I do. Yes, it's the Penny Black. And it was issued in 1840. And it had the Queen Victoria, I believe, on it. And uh, did you know that they didn't have any adhesive on the back of the stamps back then? So they actually had to stitch them in. No, that is quite remarkable. Isn't it just? When I was a child, I did go for a phase of collecting stamps. A long time ago. Well, yes, it was when you had a lot of horse-drawn post boxes and stuff. Horse-drawn horse post boxes. Not post boxes, horse-drawn. Men, post-men, post all women. Men. All women. And what was very popular at the time was that you'd get a, a pen pal. And you'd get this pen pal and you would write to them. And I had one in New Zealand and I was living in the UK. And they would send me these amazing stamps. And you'd try and get pen pals in different countries. So you get more and more stamps. But the most valuable stamps that we were told at the time were those that had not been franked. So what is to be franked? It's where you get the post office stamping of the date and time of when it was um, posted and collected. So they actually they stamped the, t- stamped the stamp, so, so to speak. So unused stamps. Yes, I don't know if that's true or not. That could have just been one of those urgent, uh, urban myths. But the point is, is that, yes, the Penny Black, 1840, was the very first one. And you can still pick a Penny Black up now. Obviously, it was a penny in those days. Do you know how much a Penny Black is in 2020? Depending on the, the quality and its condition, as with anything like this, I would say anywhere from 20 to 200 pounds. Uh, well, apparently, they're 18 quid each. Oh, right. <laughs> There's a lot of them made. You know, what was the most expensive stamp ever, do you know? Uh... I think I do know this. Again, I was having a little look earlier today and I pulled up a few I wanted to speak about. We've got the Mauritius Post Office stamps, which were sold for $1.2 million each in 1993. Okay, and then we've got the British Guyana 1C Magenta stamp, which is exceptionally rare and was actually most recently sold for $10 million. Why is it so rare? Because I think it's the only one that's not in the British Stamp Museum's collection. And it, there is only a few of them still in their sort of original form, I think. There, there is only one stamp actually in existence. Only one. Only one. And it is, as you say, the only stamp that the British Museum does not have because it's owned by... Yeah, who has it? It's a, um, a gentleman in New York called Weinberg. He bought it for $9.8 million, I think. When was that, do you know? Just recently. Not too long ago. Not this year, for sure. But I'd say sometime in the decade. But I suppose that, you know, that's a, a good story for showing why things like this, anything, whether it's property, stock, shares, stamps, go up in value or fall in value. It's just basic supply and demand, isn't it? You know, and if you're in a situation where you've got one of something, it's inevitably inevitably going to be highly valued and highly sought after. Yeah, it's very similar to property. I mean, there was a great article at the weekend um, about a house in Sydney in a place called um, St Ives that was on the market and it had gone to um, auction and no one turned up. There was no pre-bids, nothing like that. And they were trying to get about $3 million for it. And by tea time, it was sold. Some lady had just driven past, seen it, loved it, bought it straight away for two point eight million. So it's all about motivators, what do you want it for? And people buy any sort of stuff really. I mean, I've bought some rubbish in my time. 
And uh, it's just because I liked it at, at that moment. But I mean, they look at stamps and they say the value, the condition and the authenticity are the things to look for, i.e. how rare is it, therefore the value, what grade is it, and that's graded from poor to superb, and um, has it been certified as authentic? Wow, okay. All right. I suppose it's like, again, like anything, you know, there's certain things you need to look out for and make sure that you're, you're checking off your che checklist before you buy them. You know, you, are you buying in a good location with property? Are you buying a, a good property that's going to rent? Has it got reasons to go up? All these sorts of things. So I think uh, it's important with anything like this to look, to look at those things. Yeah, I mean, also you look at property and we talk about buying through a company or buying direct. It's the same with stamps. If you're in the UK, um, you don't pay capital gains tax. Sorry, you only pay capital gains tax on stamp sales. You don't pay income tax, which is a lesser rate, which is much better. Um, in addition, you can buy it in a variety of ways. You can go out into the marketplace and just go rogue and um, try and buy up stamps you think might go up in value. And to do that, you really need to get some good advice because um, you can buy some rubbish and it's the same with property. You need to go and get some good advice. And and just on that, actually, if people want to find out more about stamp collecting, a good YouTube channel you can go and, and go and look at, much like ours, is the, the Graham Beck YouTube channel, all about stamp collecting and stamp values. So if um, if anyone listening has got any interest, you can go and have a watch of that. Right. Very exciting. The Graham Beck. It's called Exploring Stamps. Right. Okay. And if you want to look at the legal side of things... Go to the UK Philately organization website, which is ukphilately.org.uk, and they will look at, they discuss how to buy stamps if you're doing it directly yourself, and it's sponsored by the National Philately Association, which is the British version of a global outfit, I guess. It sounds pretty cool. It, it, I've got to say, it all sounds very exciting, the stamp collecting business. Well, there's interesting ways of doing it. You can go rogue and go and do it yourself. Or alternatively, there are even capital-protected portfolios. So wow. what you can do, you can take £10,000 and invest it at five or ten years with Stanley Gibbons. And Stanley Gibbons will guarantee your return of capital. So after five years, it hasn't gone up. They give you your capital back. If after five years it has gone up, they take 20% of the growth. And the same with a 10-year note. So basically, it's just the same as stocks or shares. You're buying a unit trust that's got a capital guarantee on it. But as I said, not regulated, no FCA, and buy so it beware. How would you buy that? Would you buy it direct or through a platform? Or you no, know? just go direct to um, Stanley Gibbons. And they'll do it for you. Okay. And you mentioned earlier you had a stamp collection. Mm -hmm, I did. It was very exciting. Did you have any, you know, interesting stamps in there? Um, any you remember? Any standouts? Just the Kiwi ones. There's ones with Kiwis on them that this girl in um, Auckland used to send me. And Your pen was, pal? Yeah, my pen pal. It was lovely. Back in those days, you know, you couldn't phone people up because it was too expensive and there's only three channels on the TV and you only watched one of those because the other one was BBC Two and it was full of people learning stuff. So pen pals were a big thing. It's quite exciting to wait for the letter to come up. Very exciting. 
Very interesting indeed. That's the whole problem, isn't it? It's, it's like instant gratification. Is people buy property and they want to have a return straight away. Yeah. If you buy a property, you hold it, and you get the agent, sorry, the tenant, and the inflation to pay it off. So the tenant pays it off through paying the rent, which pays the mortgage down, and inflation will pay, will erode the debt. And it's simple stuff. But today, with instant gratification, the younger person just wants to make their money straight away. That's very true, actually. And people get caught up in, you know, thinking about when to buy. Is it the right time to buy? Where should I buy? Whereas in reality, if you are buying and staying in it for the longer run, you know, 10 to 15 years, the longer the better, 20, 25 years, then it doesn't really matter, you know, where you buy or when you buy. If it's at the bottom of a property cycle or at the top, you're still going to make money on it aren't you yeah very much so it's like i think i I read um some stocks and shares research last week and it was saying if you're out of the market for the 10 best days in a in a in a market cycle so over 25 years you're out of the market for 10 days your returns would drop by 50 percent if you're out of the market for the top 30 days they drop by 75 percent you can't time the market it's impossible and it's the same with property you just got to buy it and stay in it and longer term you will i mean i mean look back to february when the when the bottom fell out of the stock market everyone thought it was the end of the world back now it, it's above its all-time highs yeah in the u.s so who would have thought that but people were throwing a baby out of the bathwater and calling it a day it's the same with property you buy and hold longer term you make cracking money i think so I would agree with you there, and I think that's important for people to uh, to realise or to understand. Anyway, just just back to stamps, if I may. I've got a question for you. What is the largest stamp ever made? <laughs> largest stamp ever made. <laughs> um, I'll give you a clue. It's actually fairly recent in the past decade, so I've had to try and think of a country that would do that sort of thing, make a make a large stamp. I can tell you where the largest pies were ever made. Do you know where that is? I do, yeah. Denby Dale, you see? <laughs> Denby Dale, when we were living over there. What sort of pies? There were beef and potato. And um, every year, it wasn't every year, I think it was every fourth year they made one. A bit like the Olympics. And just as exciting, I might add. Mm. They'd make the pie and they'd issue a commemorative plate. And my mother used to have them all around the walls. I think probably they're worth a lot of money now if they're in um, good value, uh, good condition, authentic. That's it. The same principles apply, you know, and lots would have been lost over time, so. But the pies were huge. They were towed on the back of an articulated lorry. They were on the back of the articulated lorry. They were the whole size. They must have been 40 foot long at least. Okay, well, the stamp is not as big as the pie. Okay, a big stamp. I mean... Because you've still got to get it on, you know... It's got to go on a letter still. Yeah, a big letter, big one, from your pen pal. It's a long one. I don't know. I perhaps going with going with someone like Mister Putin in Russia, sort of thing. He <laughs> daft thing he might do. But sorry, I didn't mean that. And please don't give me any poison. He's good. Yes. Um, no, it's the the stamp is called Mother of the Emirates, and it's UAE, and it was one point three by one point seven meters. One point three compared to the smallest stamp ever made by Bolivia, which was under a centimetre, it was eight millimetres across and nine the other way. Very small. Quite exciting, then. 
Okay, then um, what do stamps, historically, what makes a stamp valuable? Um, apparently they say sometimes historical fi figures, so commemorating something, geographical things, um, horses, ships, birds, royalty. And what was the concept of stamps at outset? Why did people start them and why did they become such a, a competitive, creative marketplace? I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say it, it was for, the, for governments, it was a very good way to raise money, was it? So they were using them to raise funds. I, I was reading earlier about Bhutan creating their own stamps in order to raise a, a 10 million pot of funds. That's an interesting story, actually, their stamps. You could put them on a record player and they would play the national anthem. Smallest ever records. The Bhutanese stamps. Very cool. interesting. Would they be able to afford a record player in Bhutan, though? And was there any electricity? <laughs> I don't know. The guy, I, I don't know. No, but in, it, was, it was 1973. And, uh, yeah, the stamps would play their national anthem. It's, you, so it sounds very similar to, you know, when the Beatles were out there. And I think most of their time they spent trying to play records and all sorts of things. So it sounds a little bit hard to believe to me. <laughs> you can buy them on eBay. Full sets. It's uh, 600 quid for a full set, and they are still on there. Okay, well, apparently stamps originally was... That signals the end of the show for today, because that means we've got to go. <laughs> so I wanted to thank you very much for putting up with us, and we've got more trivia to talk about in a week's time. Do take care. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you very much.